Welcome to My Heart Songs podcast number 225, Satisfying the Primitive Brain. I've always been enamored with the intricacies of our human brains and the developmental biology involved. Neuroscientists over the decades have viewed our three-pound marvel of protoplasm in different ways. It's not quite as big as a sperm whale brain, which can be up to 20 pounds, but it took 2 million years from the time of our distant ancestors to triple in size to its current level. Front, rear, right, left, the triune brainstem, limbic system, and cortex, each a different perspective on the functionality of our average of 86 billion neurons and 85 billion non-neuronal cells. Recently, a new evolutionarily-based model, the adaptive brain, has entered the fray, suggesting that interdependent brain networks are where it's at. Using interoception and exteroception, we balance our current needs, and the interconnections between emotion, cognition, and strong social bonds help us accomplish adaptive goals. Allostasis, the efficient regulation to prepare the body by budgeting needed resources such as oxygen, glucose, insulin, steroids, and homeostasis, the steady state, also rely on networking to keep our physiology in balance. Related to all of that brain expansion is a felt sense of connection and satisfaction of nonverbal longings. I experience when I touch aspects of life that remove the veneer of civilization and speak more to the parts of me that still comprise a naked ape. I apologize for the long quote, but Neil Thies, a professor of pathology and author of the fabulous Notes on Complexity, says it quite eloquently, quote, we breathe out molecules, carbon dioxide, and perspire molecules, water, pheromones, and excrete molecules, urine, feces, into the environments around us. And in turn, we eat food that we break down into absorbable molecules, proteins, carbohydrates, fats, breathe in oxygen molecules from the planetary plant mass, and absorb molecules through our skin, since every surface we touch potentially has absorbable molecules on it. While you might say that molecules are only your own when they are within your body, Complementarily, there are no real distinctions between our own molecules and the molecules of the world around us. They move from us outward and come into us from the outside. At the molecular level, just as at the cellular level, each of us is in perpetual direct continuity with the entire biomass of the planet. Close quote. Certain activities bring this radical truth more front and center in my awareness. Cutting gathering, and splitting wood for the winter fires to come, telling stories around a campfire, sleeping with no sleeping bag around a small fire and waking to keep it going throughout the night, sitting in a circle of men and drumming, walking in the full moonlight, dancing in the rain, howling at coyotes and squawking at ravens, body surfing naked, hunting with its slow stalking and stealth, fishing with its calm, steady patience, galloping on horseback till the horses have breathed, run as long as they wanted to, losing the camera and just watching a rainbow as it eerily forms, fixes, and then flees, building a lean-to shelter in the woods, sleeping tentless under a canopy of stars, 
harvesting berries, cherries, apples, and other fruit, as well as the final produce from the garden, raising animals and vegetables for supplying one's own food. One might suggest that such activities have in common the flow state, or being in the zone, defined by a melding of action and consciousness, being fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment in the process of the activity. Mahali Chesan to Mahali popularized the notion in positive psychology in the 1990s. I believe there's something more at play with what I'm describing. The flow one has on a bicycle trip or playing sports or working on a craft project seems different than the experiences I describe above. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. The shimmering, luminous web of connection to my more primitive self is satisfying in ways that remain important to my well-being on every level, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. It's, it's hard to artic- articulate, but walking in the moonlight, hunting, gathering, or time around a fire trigger what exactly? A deep sense of interrelatedness and attachment to our home world. Something profoundly bonded to survival, our early days when perhaps certain senses were more finely attuned to our environs because our lives literally depended on it. To tap into and flow with that passionate energy is enlivening, nurturing a set of capacities and capabilities that harken back to the pre-luxury status of our current lives. Participating in such activities raises gratitude for how easy we have it these days, supermarkets and heating, for example, and also deepens my relationship with my own skill set, what I know and appreciate about basic survival. Drumming, like cave art, bespeaks of an innate desire to create and to shift reality to an altered state. Perhaps that's the essential draw of such activities. Besides entering flow, We take a break from ordinary perceptions and attune in the moment to deeper rhythms, forgotten abilities, slowing down to the speed of life. Does intuition flourish more in those realms? Do insights arise more spontaneously and easily? Does my turbulent mind enter stillness and the clarity that is its kin? I know I become more intimate with mystery when so engaged, and that in itself is its own reward. Just as states of unknown and agitation can be teachers, I also believe that mysticism invites movement of ideas, and curiosity is a fabulous portal into the liminal state. I wonder what restless longings are satisfied with your own examples of nurturing your primitive. What are you curious about in that realm? Thanks as always for listening, and remember friends and family can easily sign up at myheartsongs.org.